Hello. Hi. You are tuned into Synchronicity Podcast. Welcome back. We are here to serve, guide, and navigate these crazy waters that we call life together here at Synchronicity. Uh, we are Nicole and Megan. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Where it's always a wild, wild adventure. <laughs> We always talk about what's new in the world, kind of what we're curious about, what we're fearful of, like collecting information and hearing just the world around us and kind of what's going on. So we're in it with you. We talk about a lot of different things. Um, if you are an OG, welcome back. If you are a new person and you haven't listened to us before, make sure that you subscribe so that you get notifications when we decide to uh upload a new podcast because we're both Gemini's so it's never regular so if you subscribe then you'll know when we drop them we're getting better (laughs) but welcome and thanks for being here super excited today we have Eric Allen on the show he is an entrepreneur himself and he um, is going to talk to us about a lot of different things he has an amazing um, story to tell Uh, of course we'll let him tell it but I'm Nicole and I'm Megan and Eric go ahead and introduce yourself First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Truly an honor to be here, guys. Uh, I love your show. People need to be listening to your show more often, for sure. Um, yeah, my name is Eric Allen. I'm based out in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm a podcaster. been podcasting since 2017, and I coach other people on how to podcast and how to get their shows up and launched and land the big names and things like that. And I'm a John Maxwell certified coach as well. And so working with that and working on the, the business and leadership side of stuff. I also do a company called Operation Life, where it's just a community of men that comes together and we just help build each other up and help each other with business ideas and things like that. And I work with brands on like how-to videos and box opening videos and fun stuff like that. So I'm kind of all over the place when it comes to content creation, but I love this stuff. I love getting on other shows and just having great conversations. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. Um, and of course, I had mentioned earlier, we were really intrigued on having you because of what you do for entrepreneurs and your your whole your whole branch and reaching other people and teaching them ideally is one huge reason why I was like super excited to have Eric on the show today, but also mainly because I was going through his profile and I really was noticing that there's a lot of things that he talked about in regards to like, how to be successful in business. And um, I would love for you to kind of touch in on that, especially, you know, routines and stuff like that. And like how you really coach and like help people understand how important it is to be an entrepreneur in the world that we're currently in. Yeah, it's so good. I think as as an entrepreneur, you really need to make sure that you have your standards straight. Uh, Meaning like, don't be loosey goosey when it comes to things that you need to get done to be successful and towards your dreams and things like that. For me, I'm very big on waking up early. I'm a morning person. So I get up at 4 a.m. six days a week and I wake up and I first thing I do is come up to my office. And for me, it's it's prayer and worship time. So for the first 30 minutes, it's spending time in prayer and, and worship. And my prayers are very gratitude driven, man. Thank you for this day. You know, and, and mentally I have to get in the right spot before I do that. So as soon as I open my eyes, it's a goal of mine to open my eyes each day, right? So if I open my eyes, I'm like, thank you, God, for another day to see and hug and hold my family. And then I jump out of bed and I make my bed. And for me, there's two wins in 15 seconds. So my brain's already going, all right, we got wins. We're already stacking those wins. So then it's come upstairs. It's getting time and prayer and worship, getting my mindset right for the day. So I'm not responding to every email. It's really just sitting down and, and almost in a meditation state of just going, okay, we've, we've got a new day. Uh, big on writing down my to-do list the night before I go to bed. So I have this book here 
everything that I'm going to do the next day, I write here before I leave the office for the day. So I don't get up and I get lost in Facebook and Instagram. I know exactly what I need to do. Um, so if you want to be successful in life and a business, I really think you just need to be prepared and, and have those standards so that nothing can get you off track. And if you get off track, that's okay. We all fail. And we, I don't know if there's anything such as failure, it's more learning, right? Um, so if we learn and we make those mistakes, we just get back on track and keep going. And, you know, I'm big on fighting for your goals, dreams of purpose. And, and that's my big thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing that you say that because um, a lot of our listeners are more holistic or have left a very structured um, religious background. A lot sure. of times we've had a lot of our audience come to us that they have potentially were in this upbringing of very structured religion. And I mm -hmm. think that that is something that's actually really um, a great thing to talk about because religion has a lot of beautiful disciplines in itself. And we're, sure. Megan and I come from a Catholic background of, um, you know, there was a lot of rules and yeah. now it's this, you know, we do have that understanding of that base concept, but I think that that you mentioning, you know, prayer and stuff for some people, it's meditation. Some people yeah. it's yoga, you know, and it's really important for people to, um, not put it so much in a box, you know, and that's what totally. it sounds like. You don't really put it in this like box because you refer to it as like your routine. Like you get up in the morning, almost looking um, you're excited to do it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I'm not a big fan of religion. Uh, I, uh, love having relationships. And for me, it's not my job to judge anybody, whether they're, you know, higher power or God or whatever. It's not my job. My job is just to love people where they're at. And so, um, and I think everybody can have their own sort of version of a higher power or God or, and for me, it just so happens that it's that prayer worship time. But yeah, I think if anybody, you know, I think we should all realize that there is a, some sort of higher power bigger than us, right? There's a bigger reason why we're here on this earth than just to get up and live our day, right? Our day should be filled with some sort of goal to help somebody else to make an impact. And so that's how I look at the day. It's a personal goal of mine to put a smile on someone's face each day, whether that's virtually in person. And so uh, that's really what my goal is throughout the day is just put smile on people's faces. I'm going to ask an offhanded question. Feel sure. free to not answer it. <laughs> like, so, okay. like these kinds of conversations. So your grounded masculine energy. Most people don't even know what that is anymore. Um, the divine masculine. And it's so funny to have, you know, somebody be saying this, like I, I wake up at 4am and ground myself. I wake up so I can show up for other people. And that's so, we teach a lot about the masculine and feminine energy and that's masculine to ground yourself. And we both, we all have both energies, right? We have a core energy, but we all have whether, whatever genitalia you have. And um, we have seen such a loss in faith or a higher power greater than yourself. It's one of the reasons why I think addiction, um, it, basically why our society has suicide rates the way it is and just basically lost its shit, right? Totally. So <laughs> I would love to hear what your opinion is in kind of like, you know, the loss of religion and the fall of the masculine, because we're trying to have that resurgence of the fathers in the home and mm you know, grounded masculine energy to have, cause it's just basically turned into feminine chaos, sure. you know, men are in their feminine. They don't have any idea how to ground themselves in order to like hold space for women or any of these things. And I actually, or we actually think it's a very prominent part of why society's in the state that it's in, but also the fact that there's a lack of entrepreneurs and things like that, because they don't have this grounded base for themselves to be able to have a firm platform for other people to stand on. So I'm curious, what your thoughts are around that. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's a very important to have a father figure in the house. Um, you know, I grew up in, in a broken home. I, I came from that home. My parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. 
My mom got together with a guy who was very physically abusive. He used to beat the snot out of my mom all the time. I'd call the police. She, they'd show up. My mom wouldn't press charges. I didn't understand that. And uh, I actually ended up having to fight him when I was about 13 years old. I hit him in the head twice with a cast iron pan and Damn. split his face open. Um, I thought it was a hero. And I got kicked out the next week from my house. I had three months left in my freshman year of high school. And uh, that set me on a path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life, where you know, I moved back to Washington State to live with my dad, who would rent a house for him and I. And then he'd just put 20 bucks in the cup for my lunch money for the week. And then I would see him in passing maybe once or twice a month. He would go stay with his girlfriend. So I basically raised myself at 13 years old and it got me into a lot of trouble. I right. was in jail at 18. I got into drugs early on and anything I could get my hands on, whether it was pharmaceuticals or mushrooms or acid or, you know, whatever it was, I wanted to get my hands on it and uh, ended up in jail at 18 for having a bong, which is really funny because when I was a senior <laughs> in high school in 1998, it was illegal to have a bong. And so I got arrested. Um, and so, but now of course it's legal, but it's really funny to go. Yeah. I got arrested for having a bong, but, um, <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's the time period, like it's, it's very, you know, it's very fitting for the, the time. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, if we look at my family and my wife's family, both come from broken families, our parents have been married and divorced six times. And when we got married, my wife and I said, look, when we say I do, we're going to stick together through the hard times, through the rough times, the great times. And we wanted to break those chains of addiction, abuse, rejection, and divorce. And my wife and I will be celebrating 18 years of marriage in 2023. Congratulations. And thank you so much. And, and, but I do, I do think that there is a lack of a father figure in a home um, that ends up causing people to stray from where their purpose is, what they're passionate about. They get lost in numbing feelings and trauma and things like that. Look, I'm 43. I didn't even share my story till I was 39 years old. So I, I know that I dealt with that stuff for a long time. And the way that I got out of that was I went and found guys who were living the life that I wanted to live. For me yeah. personally, I found guys that had great marriages. They had great walks with Christ. They had uh, great businesses. And I just took them out to coffee and I said, tell me what you're doing. How can I do what you are doing? And it helped me kind of get back on the track. I had to change that environment from the partying every day in the music business and things like that to go on. Now I want to soak up as much stuff as I can with these guys that are living the life that I want to live. And, and I really think that's where people get lost is they get into the wrong environment. And if they want to fix that, they've got to find those people that uh, they can, you know, hang around and call them. So call them, you know, their tribe. Right. Yeah, no, that's, and you said earlier, like you kind of now um, you had mentioned that you work with men, right. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Cause piggybacking on the question of Megan and you know, the, the masculine is right now. I mean, I think they're really searching and like, sure. they're really yeah. looking for guidance and this very, you know, grounded energy. So if you could talk a little bit more about like what you do in that regard, working with men, yeah. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So I started a company with my, my buddy named Ian Inman. He's a Sergeant in the army. Um, actually just turned 29 years old. So I'm the, the older guy between us partners. Right. But, um, we started this company called operation life and it's really to help men that are just feeling lost and confused. And what do I do with this work? You know, I know when I hit 40, I was like, what do I do with my life? Like, am I, am I making an impact or am I just going to work and let someone else drive? Right. And so operation life is all about helping those men that are feeling lost and confused. And we bring this community to get together. So each week we're having a call. It's a live call with our group where we can talk about struggles that we're having, whether that's in marriage or business or um, 
workplace, whatever it is. And then we're also doing kind of training. So being from a Maxwell leadership perspective, I can bring in some goals and how to look at growth and influence and him being from the army side, being in the military for so long, he kind of brings that leadership skill to it. And he's very good with marketing and business where I come in, I'm like, Hey, this is how we can podcast. This is how we can just chat it out. And so I think a lot of men, we get scared to share our story. We're, we're like, no, I'm, I gotta be tough and I can't share this, but man, if we're really being uh, honest with ourselves as men, we should be emotional about things. Um, whether that's crying or being happy or whatnot, I've cried plenty of times with my wife and, you know, just struggling and, and throughout my 18 years, right. Of being married and not every year when you're married for 18 years, it's like rainbow and sunshine. Like some years is like crap. I just, now I'm living with my roommate right now. Like you go through these struggles. Um, but I think what we do is we just have real raw conversations with guys that we can say, look, if you want to be part of this community, then let's do this four times a month. We're going to jump on a live call. We're going to do book studies and things like that on top But four times a month. Uh, we're going to jump on a live call with Ian, myself and everybody else in this community and go, all right, what are we struggling with? What things can we talk about this week that are going to help us get back on the right track to get successful and be successful in life and in business. And we all have our own versions of success, uh, whether that's money or marriages or getting sober or anything like that. And so we're here to just bring it all together and, and help guide people through that. That's amazing. That's like, um, I think it's so powerful in that when you're talking, I was really resonating back to like the tribal communities, right? Mm -hmm. Like men at 13 or 14 were off with the other men learning. Well, there are boys learning how to provide, to hunt, to be men, you know, yeah. and, and not looking at it as a, that was toxic. Nowadays, I feel like men are like, oh, well, if you're holding the door open for a woman or you're not helping her, you know, I was just traveling. Uh, I just got back a couple of days ago and <clears throat> I was on the airplane and I was watching and I was observing how many women were needing help with their suitcases. And there was no men, like they were just sitting there watching it. And there was at one point, this little, very, very cute little old lady and her suitcase was as big as her. Of course. And there was no, I was like, oh my gosh, I, ma'am, can I help you? And she was like, she was like, oh my gosh, I haven't been asked for someone to help me in so long. And it was actually like broke my heart sure. yeah. because this, you know, we have seen this extreme like swing of like this feminine movement of like, well, women can be men, but then men now have just kind of, they're just like, okay, well, if you can be a man too and do it, then I don't, I don't know my place. You sure. know, it's, it's this, this space that's very, um, I think it's very uncomfortable for men right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, it's great to see that there are men that are coming together and at least, you know, teaching each other and growing. Well, and supporting because it's a community because it's, it's, it's that, but it's also, you know, the, the feminine doesn't know how to surrender or accept help or, you know, do any of these things. And it's funny because, you know, women have always guided how society moves because femininity is boundaries. Right. And yep. it's turned into this, like, hookup culture, no challenge. Cause men thrive off of challenge and they, they thrive off of something that to accomplish and, you know, masculinity is accomplishments. And, you know, if you're not something that's a challenge or to be accomplished, then, you know, that that's really reframed society because women have no self-worth sure. and because we don't have any self-worth and it, it just because of that men don't, because it, it's, it's a 50, 50 relationship and they feed off of each other. So it's nice to hear, you know, men supporting men, just like women need to 
support women and then kind of find our way back because with the divorce rate being 75% and all of this stuff, but I think mm -hmm. a lot of even, and you can attest to this more than I can, but addiction is loneliness and this like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're hating yourself. There's not this love. And when you have something to work towards and somebody that's your partner in life, you have someone to come home to, you have something to work towards and to hold you accountable is a huge part of, I think, where, because when you see successful men, you see a woman by their side, always. Totally. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, in vice versa, it, it's just amazing to me that, you know, we have found such a divide in um, men and women. And, you know, also, but we've seen entrepreneurship fall. And totally. I mean, we think back two generations, our papa was an entrepreneur and our dad's dad was an entrepreneur. And then it's all of a sudden they've gone into corporate America. And now it's kind of this next generation is starting to come back out of that. But I think so much of um, the success and coming out of addiction is, um, come, is, is having what you have and have found. So, yeah, it's super tough. I mean, when I got sober, I was working in for Universal Records. And so I was living this rock tour lifestyle. I don't know how to play anything, but I was, it was always dreaming of mine to be in the music business. And so I was living in Seattle, of course, and going to two to three concerts a week and had open tab. And so I was drinking heavily. I was doing yeah. drugs backstage <laughs> with rock stars, you know, and it was just insane. And then I got laid off during the, the, if people remember the Napster days, which that's when I, that's yeah. when I got, that's when I got laid off. And so I was lost. I mean, I was working at night at Starbucks. I would get off work, go to my grocery store, grab a six pack of beer, rent a movie from Hollywood video. And those were around and <laughs> pass myself to sleep, you know, pass out watching a dumb movie on my couch. And yeah. there was one night, this girl walked in, doesn't drink any coffee. She'd been to me for to study. And she said, Hey, we've got a cool college age, age event down at our church. Would you be interested in going? You know, I'm depressed. I have no friends. I'm an addict. Like, yeah. Like, okay. What time do I need to be there? And it was kind of this new thing of like, how can I stop doing what I'm doing? And I think for me in that moment, I felt like God was planting the seed because I got down there and I was like, I ran into these guys. I'd met like five, six years earlier. I was like, dude, I haven't seen you in five, six years. It was crazy. And a month later it was Easter, 2004. I went out and party like normal. Woke up Easter morning, surrounded by 15 other guys in my buddy's basement. And for me, I felt God say, man, you're going down this path that's going to end your life real quick if you don't start making some changes. And so I decided in that moment, I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. And I called that girl up and I got her voicemail and said, hey, thanks for inviting that church event. Maybe I'll see you at the store. And one month later, we were dating and now she's my wife. Oh my God, I love this. <laughs> and look at back to a, a woman, a feminine, yeah, right? Totally. A, a divine feminine stepping in and saying, Hey, dude, you want to like come hang out with my at my church event? But it yeah. was the inspiration. She yeah. inspired you, totally. whether you would in that moment or not, to step in and you were looking and she was there as like almost a beacon of light, God totally. or you know, spirit sent or whatever. Yeah. And like here you are. And like, but what also, you know what a, uh, what a true moment of like you listening and like mm -hmm. observing of your inner self. Right. Yeah. And being able to step in and be like, Oh, well, I should do this. Like the, God is telling me I need to do this or, yeah. you know, and following that, like, that's quite, a, that's amazing. I love that. I, that was really cute. That, <laughs> that was a great was, twist. Yeah. Was like, oh, nice. Yeah. We were actually both born at exactly 141 PM on a birthday. Oh, wow. it's, it's wild. I don't understand. It's not a world record. Apparently I, I submitted it again. They said, nope, it's not a world record, but oh. yeah, we're both born at the exact same minute, different days every year for the same minute. Oh, wow. Oh. That's awesome. So, okay. So talking to with her and sure. you guys have been together for 18 years. 
Um, yeah. I would love to hear like some of the trials and tribulations and like turbulence you've had in your marriage and like totally. how you guys have worked through it. Because I think right now with the divorce rate being so high, people love hearing stories of like, it's sometimes it's not easy. And like you had no. said, you know, um, you know, if you're willing to share with some of the hard times and some of the like beautiful times, obviously you guys started off on a great foot. So sure. like, that's quite amazing. But if you want to share with them, you know, just your stories. Yeah. I mean, so we both come, like I said, from this broken home. So we didn't know what a good marriage looked like. And so we knew exactly what we didn't want in marriage, but we also had no guidance around what a good marriage should be like. What do we need to do to, and we went through premarital counseling, but that was like basic high level stuff, right? Like it wasn't like we're going to get in and we're going to start figuring out how to not argue or, you know, how to like disagree and get through disagreements and things like that. So the first five years, we just decided to be us. Like we just wanted to figure us out before we had any kids. And we went through trials of like, man, we live in this ghetto apartment. How do we go buy our house? We go buy a house in this stinking ghetto out of Washington. We pay, we pay so much money for this thing. And I, my wife finally, you know, after five years, we went on a couple of missions trips down to Mexico. We built homes. We did experiences together. And then my wife is seven months pregnant with my daughter and I get laid off from a job and our mortgage payment at the time was like 2,400 bucks. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And so at that point it was, how are we going to survive? How are we going to pay this marriage, you know, pay for this mortgage and things like that. So I ended up, I worked two jobs where it was splitting five hours of sleep. I would only see my wife on Sundays because of the time that I would go to bed and wake up. I did that for six months. So I literally only saw my wife on Sundays. We were living in the same house. And so going through that and figuring out how do we pay bills and how do we not argue and, you know, trying to involve in-laws, like where do we go to the house for Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that stuff. And, you know, we decided when we moved, I live in Idaho now, this is in Washington, but the struggle has always kind of been like the in-laws, whenever my parents get involved or her parents get involved, it's like that brings tension in the marriage. And whether that's from historical, uh, you know, just battles that we had with them, or, you know, we had to release that we had to go, okay, we're on our own. This is a new tribe that we're starting, a new legacy that we're starting. So we came to Idaho knowing that we were going to be so far away from somebody, they're not going to be able to knock on the door. We knew that when we came out here, that no one's going to even know her parents and family still don't have our address. Like we came out here just in, didn't know anybody. We said, we're starting fresh. We moved out here when my son was literally a year old on his birthday and he's nine now. Uh, and so it's been a huge journey of just kind of going through the transition, not having friends, relying on each other to just figure out how do we do this life thing? And yeah. most years are great. Most days are great, but you know, we still have arguments. We still have disagreements and our kids, they see us argue. They see us disagree on things, but they also see us make up. They see us dancing in the kitchen and they see us, you know, having fun. And, and that's really what we want to help um, our kids realize is their childhood would be a hundred times different than ours. And so we just want to bring in experience and show them what love is like and, and show them that we can get through arguments, but not have any fear of that. There's going to be a divorce in our family because we said, I do. And that's going to be the case all the way through. Well, and that's, that's so beautiful to be able to actually show children the makeup parts. Yeah. I think so many children and we, we grew up in a divorce, our parents divorced and I don't think I ever saw our parents make amends. It was always like a blow up fight. And then it was like, kids go to bed, you yeah. know? And there was never that, that resolution to the conflict, you know? And you had mentioned like fear, mm -hmm. um, you know, being fear-based and that's a huge thing right now in our society. And like, I would love for you to kind of go back and touch on that. And like, how, how do you handle fear? Like, how do you help 
other men deal with fear because it is such um so deeply ingrained in our society right now especially yeah. um post covid it's a very big thing and even during covid we watched it um really manipulate the masses and so if you want to touch in on like fear around that that would be amazing fear is it's tough because where i'm at in Coeur d'Alene, idaho the whole time during the covid pandemic thing we were kind of like what the hell is covid we i mean we didn't have masks we didn't have like yeah. it was there was no restrictions i think one guy tried to put a restriction in downtown and it lasted about a day and it was just like you know costco was the only place up here requiring a mask so we, i didn't experience what most people experienced now coming from washington 30 miles away that state was on crazy lockdown like and I have a lot of people that are very fearful to go outside. My, my dad was one of them. He didn't want to leave the house. Like he was ordering everything from Amazon and was scared to leave the house about doing anything. And so I think when it comes to fear, we have to decide, is it, is, is it fear that it's going to cause any harm or is, are we just like letting this mental thing block us from getting what we really want done? And it's just like when you're going to start a business, there's scariness because you don't know what's going to happen. It's scary when you're going to put a video out on Instagram because you don't know how people are going to react. And for me, once I realized that my past and other people's opinions don't define my future, that's when I started to realize that I can make an impact. And so I think as men, we do get scared about the smallest things. We care what other people think. And once we realize that we can drop that, we don't have to care what other people think. We just need to go out there and make an impact on our family and those around us then that's when the doors, the floodgate opens for us to make a massive impact. Once we kind of get through that fear, I think we should step into fear. Um, you know, for me, I love cliff, jump, jumping off cliffs. And so I live by a lake. And so I go find the biggest cliff and I go jump off it. And it's scary for about two seconds. But once I jump, I know that it, I've gotten through that. And so I think as men, we need to do that. Jump off that cliff. If you're feeling scared, that's the most important time to push through it. Right. Right. I had um, an ex-boss explain entrepreneurship as it's not choosing your battles. It's stepping into each punch face first and not totally. being afraid to take the punch. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I, that always stuck with me. It's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to walk into it, but if you go in face first and then there's really no, there's no way anybody can mess with you. So it's just funny. Cause when we started our company and everything, I was like, this is quite literally, literally like getting punched in the face and you're just kind of like <laughs> eventually and it gets you get desensitized to it. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but how so you mentioned earlier, like surrounding yourself with the right people. Like if yeah. people are like, okay, I need listening to this, right? And it's like, I need to change. Where do I go find these people? Um, you know, of course, like we're gonna have your information on here. But, you know, how do you recommend people go find those people and start talking to them is a better way. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of different ways. One is go find things that are happening in your own community. Maybe there's got to be an interest group of something that is relatable to most people in your, your city. Maybe it's an entrepreneur group or a sewing group or whatever it is. Uh, but if you look hard, like, I don't know. I mean, no, no, you go find no, I, was, I was just giggling. Great example. I was giggling. I was like, oh, I should look one of those up. Right. <laughs> I only say that because my wife has been in the last like four days sewing my my daughter's suit uh, for for Halloween. But um, I think like if you want to get into a community, it's scary to go to somewhere else or new, right? It's scary to go network with people. And I think if we can step through that fear 
and get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's when you can start meeting the right people. So go to networking groups. There's business groups in every city. There's networking groups in every city. Go find them, go step in there and introduce yourself. You never know who you're going to meet. Uh, you know, I'm like the more hands you shake, the more money you make right? is kind of like, if you go back to business, right? So very true. The more people that you can just network with, I love meeting new people, whether that anything happens or not. I just love connecting with people. And so if you want to get out of that environment that you're, you're feeling stuck, you're feeling lost, go find someone local. But there's also so many groups online, like tons of Instagram groups or Facebook groups or, you know, people that are actually have that same interest as you, same mission as you to make an impact and insert yourself into those situations. You know, Ed Milet talks about if you're walking around at 80 degrees, go find people that are walking around at 120 and just being in their presence is going to lift you up. It's going to motivate you to be a better husband, a better father, a better entrepreneur, just being in their presence. But there's so many more opportunities that come out of you stepping out of your comfort zone and finding that right group or that tribe that you want to be part of. Oh, for sure. I mean, comfort is where life is boring and it basically just dies. Like you totally. have to be I had somebody tell me once, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're doing something wrong. Yes. Um, you're in you the know, wrong room. <laughs> learn. And you know, it's so funny. I used to be a private flight attendant and I flew a lot of billionaires and it's like, you listen to them talk and you know, they, they live in this, like, they know where they're headed and they're driven and they, and no one's going to stop them on this path. And if somebody gets in their way bye. like it's not, they don't have bullshit around them. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's quite crazy how cut it, we call it cutthroat. Sure. Um, but it's really like, Hey, if you're not holding me in my highest self, um, you know, and if you're not on the same trajectory and you're not willing to open up to it, then get out of the way. Yeah. Uh, and it's so funny because I think a lot of people get into relationships, yeah, both, both romantically and, um, you know, business wise that really bog them down and it's not a driving force and, you know, having mentors constantly that are making you better and that, you know, help you progress. And also having friends that call you on your shit and aren't just like, <laughs> come on, oh, everything great. Like yeah. people accountable is true friendship and it's true yep. business partnership and it's all of that. And again, meeting strangers and overcoming that, like you were saying, really helps with being able to deal with that confrontation in yourself. And you're constantly having to like expand and grow. And that's super important. And our society does not encourage that. And it's really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also this humility that comes. And one of the questions we ask on our applications for working with people is like, you know, a power greater than yourself. And we say that because it's like, it's step one in AA. It's yeah. step one in anything. And, yep. um, you know, that's why we ended up getting into the work that we did. It's like, how do we introduce people to their highest self? Whatever their understanding of that is, I don't care. Sure. Without that in your life, nothing really means anything. Then you're putting material on top of like what life really is. And this worship of material really becomes an issue. So I yeah. want to talk about like how you feel about legacy and success and all of that, because I think that it's, um, you know, defining success and stuff needs to be defined a little bit differently than how we currently are defining it. Yeah. I think so many people claim success as being money or materialistic or things like that. And here's the thing is uh, if you're not happy, poor, you're not gonna be happy, rich. If you're, if you're not happy with yourself living in a, an apartment, you're not gonna be happy with yourself on that 20 acre ranch. Right. You have to find, like you said, 
we have to find that self-worth and we have mm-hmm. to be happy with ourselves. And once we do that, then we can start making a bigger impact. I can't make my wife happy, but I can make myself happy, which then in turn, hopefully makes her happy because I'm going to treat her better if I'm in a good mood. Right. Um, and we've, we've had to work on that. And, and, you know, like when I wake up early, she's a night person and I'm a morning person. So our sleep times are a little bit off, but, um, you know, I think anybody that wants to make a change or an impact in their life, they have to get happy with themselves and whether that's meditation or yoga or prayer or whatnot, draw something closer and realize that there is a higher power. There's a purpose and a plan for your life. You're not just here to live life, pay ta- taxes and go to bed, right? And go to sleep, right? And, and die, right? Yeah. There's a purpose and a plan for all of our lives that make an impact, whether that's on our own legacy. Uh, for me, like like you mentioned, like I, my wife and I, we want to change the trajectory of the Allen tribe moving forward. You know, our kids won't experience divorce. Our kids won't experience the craziness that I experienced and my wife can, you know, experience. So we're raising them in a home where we're not strict, but we do kind of protect them from the world that ha- that is out there. You know, our kids don't have tablets and phones and all of that stuff. If they want to use a computer, I have one in the kitchen that's open. Like all of us can see what's going on. You know, we don't allow our daughter to go out and put like tons of makeup on right now. She's 12 years old. And there's other people that we see. I'm like, man, that, that girl's really young to be wearing makeup, but you know, so, so be it. Right. But we've chosen to put our kids in a, in a life where we can kind of protect them from the world only for so long, but we're also very real with them. Like they've seen death, they've seen drugs, they've seen suicide, they've seen addictions all through our family. And they know that, you know what, this is the right path that I want to be on right now. And so when we're, when we're, when we're saying change the legacy, we are trying to change the legacy for generations to come, not just for my kids, but for future generations as well. Amazing. Well, and like being a father and a mother, like both your, both of you being raising children right now is not for the faint of heart. No, I don't think it ever is. It never is. But right now in the landscape of our society and the political and everything happening is like the, the, excuse my language, but the shit that I'm seeing and like, all like schools and stuff blows. I don't even have kids. And I'm like, I, I, I want to fight somebody. I, I really want to fight somebody. I'm like, yeah. how dare you touch a child or even like teach them something that, that doesn't need to be taught. Like we weren't allowed to date till we were 16 wear makeup till we were 16. Like there were very strict rules. And at the time I hated it, but now I'm like, I actually really appreciate that because sure. I wasn't making stupid choices really young. And I had that structure. And now it's like, I mean, it's chaos and children can't fight that fight for themselves. And societies are made to raise children. I don't know when people forgot this, right? but I'm like, what the actual F is happening? I cannot, it doesn't matter what you are, who you are, what you believe. We all believe in protecting and making sure that children um, have a, a, I mean, literally that is why society developed. There is no other reason for us to live in the the way that we live. And you know, tribes, all of it was about raising the children and protecting them. And we have completely lost sight of that. I think scary. And it scares me to my core. Mm. There's very few things that will rattle me to my core, but the stuff going on with kids right now rattles me to my core. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of parent doesn't, I mean, I turn into a mama bear and I don't even have a kid. (laughs) I'm like, I'm ready to fight somebody. And I'm not even, I'm ready to go to the school boards and be like, you want to fight, like bring it, you know, and there's so many leaders coming out of this, which is amazing. But I mean, 
again, like, how do you really deal with that fear and that frustration and that, like, because it, it, it corresponds to business, how you deal with one thing is how you deal with everything. So oh, yeah. really curious of how you, how you deal with that, because even me, I get anxiety about yeah. the kids and having kids and what's going to happen because I mean, quite frankly, it's a complete fucking shit show. Excuse my totally. language. Like I, it, it really, it bother me. Really, really bothers me. We're an explicit. I know, podcast, but yeah. so <laughs> no, there's lots of, I usually lots of words try to articulate better, but that is such a like, yeah. fuck you in so many ways. Like totally. how do people even live with themselves that I get, I get visibly like I start sweating and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I used to get all worked up about every, like political and what's going on and who's voting for what and mask or no mask or vaccination, all that stuff. Like I used to get all worked up about that. And about 10 years ago, I turned off the news and that was the best decision I ever made. And we don't have cable. I, I mean, I miss, sometimes I'll try to watch baseball. Right. But that's about like, that's about as far as it goes, but even the commercials in between baseball, I have to go, man, don't watch the TV kid because They've got a radar movie on TV, like on, on a trailer. And it's so, yeah, it's frustrating. And, you know, our kids, they don't go to a public school because we know what they're teaching in public school. You know, and, and there's so many people moving out here to Idaho. We've had some great conversations with some of the new people that moved out here. And it was kind of eye-opening because they came from states that they were really craziness in the public schools. But they yeah. said, look, there's Idaho. We've kind of lived this life where we're all about guns and freedom, and which is great. But I think we've also allowed the the wolves to come in because there's a lot of people that are moving in with this agenda and starting to change the public schools around and these people that we met they're like well when was the last time that you updated your textbooks or when was the last time that you updated your your teacher's plan and we're kind of like oh yeah come on in but there's so much craziness going on and we've personally met with some schools and once we found out what they were going to be teaching my fifth grade uh, girl or my fifth grade daughter and my son, I'm like, Nope, we're not doing that. You know, like we have to, we have to, as parents protect our kids uh, okay. to a certain, uh, you know, aspect. Right. But we also are very real and raw with our kids. They, they know what's going on. We've talked about, like I said, the addictions and drugs and we've experienced suicide in my family and things like that. And it's just, we have to be real with our kids and you know, the world's a scary messed up place and you have to make the right choices if you want to have a, a, a successful life and, and things like that. And, you know, it's tough. The, the world is total mess right now. I mean, it is, it's yeah. wild. Yes. It is. It's, it's like, they've lost, like the cap is off and it is just explosion. <laughs> totally. of all of the things. You know what shocked Sorry, me? Sorry, that was a long rant on my side. Oh, no, it's fine. Oh, we love, me, I go off tangents. I go on rants all the time, but I'm always curious why people aren't anxious, depressed and addicts, like all in one, all at yeah. one. Like <laughs> it's a phenomena that I, I don't understand how you can really just have one of them because I feel like I should have all of them at once and I also understand all of them because it's like if you don't have a firm base and a firm purpose and a firm drive and a belief that there's a power and that's greater than us and that we're here and we're having this experience but we're fighting for something like I don't know how people live I'm like I understand why the suicide rate is what it is because if you're not grounded in purpose and love and light and God your understanding of God and all of I, I don't, honest, I don't know how people are doing it. And yeah. I think that's why we're seeing the addiction and everything, because it, it's, it's really miserable. You're like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> like what is happening? Yeah. And again, I don't, we don't watch the news or anything either, but all you have to do is go on social media and you're just like, what? Yeah. 
it's happening. Like it's been happening for a while, obviously this didn't happen overnight, but it's, um, it's profound in the fact that if we all had purpose and service and, uh, you know, a power with something greater than us and we loved other people, like none of this would be happening. So how did society go so far out to the point where, you know, people are so selfish, they don't even have an identity anymore. And it's just all about them. And it's all about victimhood. And it's all about poor me. And I'm just like, how do you like, how do we reel it back in? You know, which is amazing. And that that's, you know, but I think it's having conversations like this and inspiring people to step into themselves. And like you had said, like owning your story. Yeah. Huge part of that, because I was having a conversation at a conference we were at a couple weeks ago. And this guy was just like, poor me. I was homeless, poor me. And I looked at him and I was like, when are you going to start owning that? Like the world needs you wake the fuck up. Like, yeah. what are you doing? We need our masculine. Like, wait, Step in. What, like what, what is happening? Yeah. You can sit there and feel sorry for yourself or you can get in the race of life and like inspire other people, be the light at the end of the tunnel. What are you doing? Like nobody wants to hear a sob story. Everybody yeah. wants to hear the story of how they turn their shadow into light, how their mm. trauma became their gifts. That's what we want to hear. That's what we need. But these people, I'm just like, okay, blindfold, like what's happening? Like, did you wear a mask for too long? Did you get brain damage? Like what? We, yeah, I think society needs to get out of that victim mentality. And, and, and once we realize that we can make a change, we just have to decide to make the change. Then we surround ourselves with the right people and we start taking action on a daily basis, set up those disciplines, set up those routines, those habits that keep you grounded, that, that help you realize that you need to love yourself, you know, look in the mirror. And I mean, it's scary, but if you look in the mirror for just 10 seconds out of the day, like, and really start to think, man, I'm here for a reason. I need to, you know, get rid of this victim mentality that I have. I always say, look, if we want to change the world, turn off the news and just love people where they're at. Not my job to judge anybody, quit judging people. If we just love people where they're at and turn off the news, man, the world will be a hundred times better. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, and I'm, I'm very curious, um, because I really want to know, like with your story and everything, like, where does your drive to be successful come from? Because Mm -hmm. I think so many people don't know where their internal like purpose and power is. So like, where did you find yours and what is yours? Yeah. I I think for me, the, the drive to be successful is to break those chains of addiction, abuse, rejection, um, and divorce that that's my big driver is I don't want my family, my kids to ever experience that. But I also want to put a new um, opportunity out there for myself that I can say, I did it. I got through that yuck. And now I'm out here and I want to share my story. And I want to help guys that went through that similar situation, maybe not exactly the same, but similar kind of broken childhood. And how do we get over that? How do we realize that, you know, what? it's in the past, it's over. And we can decide to like, have a great day. You know, we can decide to go out there and put a smile on someone's face. You know, if you crack your toe on the bed, are you having a bad day or you're having a bad 15 minutes, right? It's a bad 15 minutes, get the heck over it and start move on. Right. And so we have to get through that victim mentality, get it out the door and realize that we're here for a purpose to make an impact on people. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it goes back to like breaking victimhood. Yeah, totally. Such a mindset, you know, and like really, you know, I think I, I listened to entrepreneurs, you know, we were at this conference and we met a lot of different people and like, there's people that always come to us and they're like, oh my gosh, how did you get so-and-so here? And how did you, you know, how'd you meet this person? And 
you know, we would really love to hear like how you build, you know, how you book big names, how you network, how you have expanded your entrepreneurship or your entrepreneur business and like how you've grown. Because Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that they have these amazing ideas, but then they kind of like, almost get their feet stuck in concrete and they don't know where to go or what's next. So if you want to, can you like elaborate on like your personal success in that regard? Yeah, we have to, as if you want to be an entrepreneur and I'm not a full-time entrepreneur yet, I still work full-time job, but I'm working my way out of that job. But I think as entrepreneurs, we need to go, it's okay to fail. I don't really think there's a, a failing point. It's just a lesson learned. And so, you know, for me, I started out really not knowing anything. When I started my company called Top Rated May back in 2012, it was an apparel company for MMA fighters. I got bored with it, put it up for sale on Craigslist. Someone called me. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to sell it. And then I was like, how do I keep it going though? And I started this podcast. No idea what I was doing. I was in a walk-in closet, bad lighting, bad microphone, didn't even edit. And I was like, tell me, MMA fighter, why do you want to get punched in the face? And that was the only reason I started this thing. And so I did about a hundred episodes in that walk-in closet. And then someone said, how do I listen on Apple? And I said, what the hell is that? I, I had no idea. I was uploading to YouTube and then sharing it to Facebook, calling that my podcast. And, you know, I think for me, that's once I, once I got asked that question, like, well, how can I take this thing and, and take it to another level? And so the same question I asked MMA fighters, why do you want to get punched in the face? I decided to ask entrepreneurs that same question. Why do you want to get punched in the face? And what is it that you get punched in the face and you keep going? What is it that drives you to to be successful? And I started just studying other people that were doing things. And so I came across Ed Milet in 2018 online. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's got the same values and beliefs as me. And I almost like manifested an opportunity to meet with him. I won the Max Out Community Challenge that he did in 2019 out of the million followers on Instagram, lending me a phone call with him that changed my life. And that was episode 12 of the Eric Allen show. And now we're 180 episodes into that thing. I think my, the way that I've been able to be successful in that is I had to get through, I had to get through that fear. Like I had to stop worrying about what other people thought. When I, if you look back at my first episodes that I released, I cringe at that. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like the worst. I would never put that out, you know, but here's the thing is over time, you're going to get better and better. And one of the things that Ed Milet told me was he's like, Luke, you got to live by canny, constant and never ending improvement. And so here I am 400 plus episodes into my podcast career. And I'm every day trying to figure out how can I improve this? How can I improve that? And the way to long or the way to, to book those big name guests on your show uh, is really simple. And I made the mistake early on, I would just send a templated message to people and say, just change their name at the top, like, hey, I'm Eric, and I want you to be on my podcast. And I just wasn't getting any traction. So one day I decided to pull out my phone and I literally just did a 30 second video. And I was like, Ed, what's going on? It's Eric out in Coeur d'Alene. I don't know you have a house out here. I just really, you just released a book. Let me help you promote that. Come on my show. We'll talk about it. Boom. That's it. 30 seconds. That's it. And I shot that to him via Instagram DM. And that has how I've been able to book 99% of my guests. 30 second video. Don't talk about me. Talk about how I can bring value to them. That's awesome. Well, and I think that's so important too, because especially as entrepreneurs, right? We, we so, so often get stuck in our own way. Like yeah. we're always in our way. What it's about me, you know, or whatever. And when we start to really touch on that, like, what are we bringing to other people? Like, mm-hmm. why are, how can we bring of service? And, you know, in, in the holistic health world, they talk about like, when you start healing other people, you start healing yourself. 
And, you know, that's why AA is so successful and like coaching and all this stuff, because when you're in, when you're in service and you have this purpose to help someone else, you almost never can fail. Very Mm -hmm. rarely. Very rarely. Yep. Yeah, man. So good. It really is. Well, um, we have had, this has been great. <laughs> like I've had a lot of, uh, I've learned a lot. I love this conversation. This is so yeah, much fun. Thank you so been much. Very enlightening. And um, I, yeah, I, uh, I don't think, is there anything else that you feel that, I mean, I feel like we've talked about all the things. <laughs> well, is there a last like snippet that you want um, for our listeners or just whoever out there, like a last bit of advice or anything that you feel like we didn't cover um, that huh. you would like to say? Yeah, I, w- I would just say, look, if, if you guys are feeling lost or confused, you know, um, find a find the tribe, find those people that are living life that you want to live and go surround yourself with them. It, get comfortable getting uncomfortable to get around them. And uh, obviously, if, if you're a guy, you can check out operationlife.com and connect with us. And, and I love to connect with new people. So I'm big on Instagram. I respond to every comment, every DM come my way. So if you have questions, shoot me a message and, and happy to help out. Awesome. That's awesome. So you have your website, you have your social media, everything will be in the show notes. Um, and lastly, I would love to ask you, what is the most inspiring book you've ever read? Oh, mm. yeah, I would say, um, one besides the Bible, but outside of the Bible for me, it's a book called, um, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. And it's a really long title. Uh, but it talks about having the, like kind of pushing the fear back as men and going in there and um, attacking this lion. He's in a pit. He's not going anywhere, but we can get in there. We can break through our fear and going through that. The author is uh, Mark Batterson. And um, it's such a, um, a great book. He talks about having these God-sized goals and how do we get through the fear of like, oh my gosh, you know, where I think as men, sometimes we don't set big enough goals. We're not setting goals big enough that are going to scare us. And when we do set those, we kind of shudder back, right? But I think that book right there has so much. I mean, I, I highlight my books when I read them and I probably highlighted more than half that book because there's so much good stuff in that book. Well, that's awesome. I will definitely, I mean, I'm not a man, but I would love to, I always am curious about books and, you know, with a long title, it's gotta be great. Got a mask on. What's your Instagram? Um, it's just Eric G Allen. So E R I K G A L L E N. Okay. And you already gave your website. And- yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending the afternoon with us. And, this is so much uh, fun. Yeah, it yeah. was great. It was definitely great. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was truly an honor to be here. You guys are doing an amazing job. Thank you. And make sure that you follow us at Zynchronicity underscore sisters on Instagram, along with Zynchronicity222 on Instagram. That's our business page. It's a little more professional. And then, of course, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are on all major platforms. And then, of course, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and review the show for that. Other people that are out there searching for a new podcast to listen to. We hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you guys all soon. Bye. Bye.